Welcome, friends, followers, and fellow book lovers. I am back with another book for you. The three leadership principles from this book is one, that Arthur wrote this for elementary schools. Number two, the District of Massachusetts commissioned this text for their schools. And number three, because civics were taught in the, in the United States for nearly 200 years, we had a people and a nation that lived by a moral code. And they understood their rights, their natural or God-given rights as a people. And unfortunately, um, that has that has dwindled. All right. The six sections from this book. Now, this is done in a question-answer format. <clears throat> what do you mean by revolution? A revolution means some great change of government, and we ought ever to remember ours with ardent gratitude to God for so great a blessing and with lasting love and reverence for those good, wise, and brave men who went through such dangers and sufferings that our country might be free. Plain and simple. This was written for an elementary school education. Number two. Let every American learn from his earliest years to love, cherish, and obey the Constitution. We today, because true civics and our history has been dumbed down in American schools, um, and it doesn't offer the the real stories. It just offers dates and names, which doesn't tell you much. The, the things you learn when you read American history, when you get into the books, and I don't mean the textbooks, you get into the books, amazing, amazing stuff. All right. Number three. <clears throat> um, are there not some evils which attend this mode, uh, this mode of governing? Nothing of a human contrivance is wholly free from some defect or other. And in time of war, when the public danger is great, and it is needful that government should act not only wisely but rapidly, some disadvantage may be found to arise from so deliberate a method of passing every law. But it is far better to put up with this, slow, my word, than to lose the precious blessing of so free and safe a mode of legislation. So you might have heard politicians in the last 20 years talk about how slow and, and inefficient our way of our way of, of making laws are and it's so terrible. Yet that was on purpose. That was on purpose because our founders understood that if laws could be passed quickly, without review of the people, without participation in government by the people, that bad things will get done under the cover of darkness. So, all right. Number four. Has the country no other defense to depend upon but hired soldiers? Yes, the people themselves. Who are of proper age to bear the fatigues and hardships of war? are all obliged to bear arms and defend their country when need requires. 
They are called the militia. Second Amendment is to be a militia, is to protect the citizens because they are the militia. And I know some people right now might be freaking out about that. But there is, in our country, an unorganized militia because we don't follow the tradition because of the laws that have been passed over the years. But there are many Americans who love their Second Amendment and exercise that right to various degrees. There are professional shooting competitions. There are hunters. There are people that trained for um, hand-to-hand combat and self-defense with firearms. There's a whole slew, a whole plethora of people out there that understand the power and equalizing force that arms provide. And it astounds me today personally, those that sit in public office strive to write laws that are against this constitution and against this second amendment, which is not a right given to us by the government. It is a right given to us by the God of heaven. Um, And if you're not a Christian, that's okay. Just understand that's where Americans in the 1700s were coming from. And you know, one of the great things about this America is that everybody who comes here can practice that right. If they're a naturalized citizen, a born or a green card citizen, which is a little different status, which I don't quite understand. All right, number five. Uh, Why should not legislators hold their office in the same way, meaning for life, as the judges are called? Answer, because they make the laws. While judges only explain and apply them, it would be very dangerous to liberty to give our lawmakers power for life. They require restraint, lest they should become our tyrants. Therefore, their time of office is made short. So that if the people think them unwise or unfaithful, they may refuse to give them office again. And I would say in our country, many citizens have become lazy in that regard. I have been one of them. I am working to amend that personally. Okay, number six. What was the subject of the First Amendment? Answer, the subject of religious freedom. What do you mean by that? I mean the right every man has to worship God in such way as he thinks fit, without being called to account for his opinions or punished for them. Question, what is the, what is it, is this a sacred right which ought to be guarded with the greatest care? Answer, certainly. God alone is the judge of our religious belief and service. No man has a right to interfere with it, so long as it does not lead us to injure or disturb our neighbor. A great part of the misery and oppression which has existed in the world began by forcing men to do what their conscience disproved of. That concept goes all the way back to the Anglo-Saxons in England, where if I remember correctly, there were three forms of, There were three laws. 
treason against family, treason against community, treason against country. And the penalty was death. Well, what, what, whoa, treason against. So a modern way to say that is my rights end when they negatively impact someone else's rights. So if I kill my neighbor because I want his car or his stuff, then, oh, my rights end because I just negatively impacted his rights. If I do something to injure my community, then it's treason against my community. And um, so that's that. That's where that comes from. As our rights end when we negatively impact another's rights. Now, this book is called The Elementary Catechism on the Constitution of the United States by Arthur J. Stansbury. Um, this book was written 53 years after. Well, um, you know what? Let me just read it like this because otherwise I'll, I might mess it up. Um, be remembered on the third day of November, A.D., in the 52nd year of the independence of the United States of America, Miller Gray, Little, and Wilkins of, of the said district, District of Massachusetts, District Clerk's Office, have deposited in this office the title of a book, the right thereof, to claim as proprietors in the words of following to wit, which I already gave you. Um, this is a great little read. Uh, I am so glad that I picked it up um, because it really gives a simple, direct introduction to our rights. And it is written in the pure, straightforward, unlawfare English that much of our early documents and constitution were written in. All right, my friends, thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and share it. Um, if you're looking to connect with me across different platforms, you can go to turningleafs.com. That's L-E-A-F-S.com. This is our Will, and I'm out.